Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends. Thanks for joining us again today for today's episode of Everyday Truth. Wanted to show you a mug that means a lot to me. We, uh, years ago, when I pastored in Pennsylvania at Harvest Baptist Church, uh, we, a couple years in a row, we we got these mugs made that had actually a, a drawing of the church on the mug. And for those of you that might be watching today that uh, remember Harvest back in those days, this is a picture of our, of our church um, on Locust Street. And I don't know if you can picture that, but that was the first building I pastored in, just a little brick building uh, there in New Kensington, Pennsylvania, brought back some great memories today. Thought I'd show you that. That's my mug of the day, my memory of the day, I guess. We are uh, right at the end of the book of Second Peter, chapter number three, and uh, we uh, let's let's pick it up in verse fourteen, uh, where Peter really is making an applicational conclusion or uh, applicational concluding thought to the whole idea of how do we live if we know that the things of this world don't matter, the things in this world. Really, uh, unless we use them as tools for a greater good, what good is it? So uh, Peter said in verse number 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, remember what things? A new heaven and a new earth, a place where righteousness dwells. Seeing that you're looking for those things, the Bible says, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. So what we're going to and what we're looking for ought to behave the way that we're living today. So if we're really looking for that place uh, of, of righteousness in which we'll dwell one day, if we're really looking to live for eternal things, then be diligent that we may be found of him in peace. Don't be so frenetic about your life and complaining about this or that. And I can't believe and and this this is unfair and just no, the believer who truly has apprehended the promises of God, the believer that truly rests in God's promise and the reality of what God is going to do and really in fact is doing and has done, will be found of him in peace. And then, and I think peace here refers primarily to the way that we live with each other, uh, even even at peace with my enemies. In that sense, uh, not not striving and fighting and quarreling and murmuring, but but trusting, and waiting and, and loving, and serving, that we may be found of Him in peace. Then the Bible says, without spot and blameless, and that would be more along the lines of my relationship with the Lord, uh, that I should be living my life today in light of what God's final plan for me is. You say, well, what does that mean, God's final plan for me? Well, know know this, that, that God has a grand purpose for your life. And the grand purpose for your life is he wants to save all of you. 
So when you trusted Jesus as your savior, uh, you were saved in the sense that you no longer have to fear the penalty of sin, uh, which is hell. Uh, your status was immediately changed. You became a child of God. You are passed from death unto life. Uh, you are born again. Uh, you are made, uh, your spirit was enlivened. You were quickened in that sense. And so there is a sense in which when you trusted Christ as your savior, you're just as if you've never sinned. You're justified. But in this world, in my body, in my everyday practical life, am I sinless? Of course not. Why? Because I still inhabit this body with all of its uh, sinful desires and, and the temptations and, and the frailties of it. And so there's a sense in which I have been saved spiritually. My spirit has been saved. And there's a sense in which I am being saved. That's sanctification. That's the process whereby the spirit of God uses the word of God to make me, the child of God, more like the Son of God. So day by day, I must say yes to the inward voice of God's Spirit as He speaks through His Word in my life. Allow Him to work and, and yield to Him, to be controlled by Him. That's Ephesians 5.18. I don't want to grieve Him, right? Ephesians 4. I don't want to quench Him, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, or resist Him, Acts chapter number seven, but I want to say yes to the Holy Spirit. So there's a sense in which I have been saved. There's a sense in which I am being saved, becoming more like Christ every day. Second Corinthians 3.18, Romans 8 and verse 29. But then there's also a very real future that I have when even my body will be saved. Now, is my body saved right now? No, I still have a sore throat. Uh, I got my hair cut the other day. Maybe you noticed. And I looked down on the, the, the our barber's apron and all it was was gray hair. Where did all that gray hair came from, come from? You know, I'm, I'm falling apart. I'm aging. Now, the body is not being saved. The body is falling apart. But one day, God will even save the body. He will make it like unto his glorious body. The devil doesn't get one vestige of the victory, does he? So we're, we're going to be saved. Spirit, that's already taken place if you trusted Christ as your Savior. Soul and body. And so, boy, if we believe that reality, if we truly believe that promise of God, we can be at peace with each other. God's working on us. He's got a plan for us. And we ought to live our lives in, in the light of what he is doing. To be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Look at verse number 15. And account, so consider this, that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. You know, one of the reasons why uh, time is elapsing and it seems like things are taking longer than perhaps we want them to take is because God is using, he uses time itself. And the elapsing of time and the circumstances and situations of our life to build into us the very character of Jesus. It's the process whereby sanctification uh, uh, finds, its, its, uh, finds its way in our life. So the Bible says, an account that long-suffering of our God is salvation, uh, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. It, is it interesting that uh, Peter references Paul here in such a, a positive light. Uh, they were brothers. 
in Christ. They weren't competitors. Uh, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter was an apostle to the Jews. But both of them reached Gentiles and Jews. And here Peter was saying, my message is not inconsistent with Paul's message. One scripture is not inconsistent with other scripture. Just as I have been used of God, uh, the commandment of the holy uh, apostles to give the word of God, so Paul has been used of God. And the message is in stereo. Uh, Just as Paul told that the long-suffering of God is salvation, so I have told you that. It doesn't take long to look at all the passages where Paul referred to the exact same things. Titus chapter 2, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, and we could go on and on about how God has a perfect plan that culminates in our Christ-likeness. So uh, Peter is encouraging his Uh, readers by telling them, uh, this is not just me telling you what you want to hear. This is not just my uh, unique philosophy, but this this is the teaching of God through multiple sources, Paul and I, and you can trust that God's promises are true. Verse number 16, uh, as also, Peter says, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. So Paul spoke about the same topics about which I'm speaking, Peter said, in which some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or wrestle with, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. I don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this, but boy, there's a couple exciting teachings in this verse, aren't there? First of all, they they were saying, sometimes scripture is harder to, some scriptures are harder to understand than others. And if we are unstable and are not grounded, we can wrestle with these things and even take them out of context. Uh, so the Bible says that, that Paul, Paul's writings are scripture. Did you get the implication there? So the Bible says they that are unlearned and unstable, they wrestle with Paul's writings as they do other, as they, as they do also the other scriptures. So what is Peter saying? Peter is saying by implication that what Paul wrote is scripture. So there's a first century attestation to the fact that Paul's writings, like Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians and Philippians and first and second Thessalonians and first and second Timothy and Philemon and you know these books that Paul wrote, that they are scripture. Uh, because Peter here testifies to that even in Paul's lifetime. It would appear here that Paul has not yet died, or at least Peter is not aware of Paul's death because he talks about him as, as if he's alive here, even as our beloved brother Paul also hath written unto you. And so great encouragements to you and me today. We have the word of God. Uh, just as surely as this first century audience got a letter from Peter and got a letter from Paul and knew that those letters were ultimately from God. So you and I have a letter from Peter and a letter from Paul. But more than that, we have a letter from God through those men and we can still trust him. Well, we've got one more uh, lesson to go through before the end of this great book. Hope you'll stay with us for that. 
I hope you had a great uh, day today or you're having a great day. Look forward to seeing you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.